Right, Parshas Vayetze 572, our shir today is dedicated by Leah Thurm for her sister's 31st Yartzeit, Rivka Bas Abraham, by Chavi Shmel, for Fuhr Shlema, for Fren Cyril Tila, Bas Freda Ratza, as well as Freda Ratza Bas Sarah, by Bracha Efron, deep gratitude from Bracha Efron, for successful treatments for her sister, Kadima Nechama Bas Chava, and for continued Fuhr Shlema for all Chole Am Yisrael. Okay, so by way of introduction, I know you might not have your Chumashim open, but let me read you a few psukim that start from a few parshios ago. Parshas Lech Lecha. All right. Avram ben shanam v'shivim shanam mecharon. Avram was 75 years old when he started his journey, leaving Charon, which is northeast of Israel, okay? Like um, northern Iraq, Syria. When he left Charon, and he made his way to Eretzishol. And then he journeyed through the whole land of Eretzishol and lots of things happened to him. And the big highlight of everything that happened was the Akedah. And at the end of Parshas Vayera, it says that Avram, after the Akedah came down off the mountain, by Yashav Avram El Narav, he returned to his lads, by Yakumun they got up, by Yelchul Yachlab, they all went together, El Be'er Sheva. So Avram started in Charon, and he made his way through the whole land. And at the end of the highlight of his life, he was in Beersheva. Look how the Pasuk in our Parsha opens up. What's going on? So first thing we have to know is that he's going, he's finding his way back. So Avram is coming this way and he's going back. So right away, start thinking about the ladder. And what were the malachim on the ladder doing? One, they were coming down and they were coming, well, one was going up and one was coming down, correct? Do you see that? So first of all, we have to understand that the context of what we're going to learn about today, which is Yaakov's dream, is, has to be in context of Avram. And what we're going to learn today is really the foundation for one of the topics that we come back to all the time, this is where it's laid out in the Nevoah. And that's the famous idea that is very timely, very much has to do with Hanukkah. Uh, that is that whole topic of the three stages of Jewish history, childhood, emerging adulthood and maturity. The whole idea of first the Kaddish Baruch Hu, so to speak, teaching us everything, the whole era of Nisim and Nevoah and how that gives way through the Hanukkah transition we're not going to talk about Hanukkah today, we'll talk about it soon, but how that gives way through the really Purim and Hanukkah transition to the next Kufa in Jewish history, which is the long journey of Gullus, which is always associated with who? Yaakov and Rachel, and how that eventually brings us back full circle to Eretz Yisrael, to Nisim and Nevoah, and of course, you know that we've referred to this as the three tukufas called Leah, Rachel, and Leah. But the foundation for that whole idea is right here in this Nevoah Yaakov with the, with, the, with the ladder, okay? The idea that there are different stages and the idea that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us in this long journey is to become, so to speak, adults. And to under, the only way to understand that is to know that nothing has changed in substance, only in style. Okay, so let's go into the Pesukim. He's tracing his way back. What Avraham bestowed upon the world in terms of ideas, truths, understanding of Hashem's everythingness, chesed, overflow, total inclusivity, total self-expression. What Avram taught the world in ideas, Yaakov's journey back to Haran, Yaakov, the Jewish people's journey back to the origin, okay, is teaching the world those same truths, but a very different way. The difference is in style, not in substance. The way the world is learning these great ideas is by the journey of the Jewish people themselves, by literally every step along the way of the exile, of this long exile, and how we handle it, and what we gain and learn from it, and what it teaches the world, okay? In real life, the ultimate lesson of this full journey in exile, obviously, is that um, 
is that the Jewish ideas will prevail. Either they will be learned by opening our minds to these ideas, or they will be learned by closing our mind to these ideas and seeing them play out in history anyway. Okay. So here's how it goes. Let's start by Yifka Bamakum. The first thing that happens is by Yifka Bamakum, we have a whole class on this online. It, what is very important to understand to frame our whole topic today is that Yaakov establishes and begins to, to, um, to frame our relationship with Hashem in terms of Hashem's name called Makom, the place. And that means that Yaakov is establishing, as we're going to see, that wherever you go, you never leave the Makom. You are always in the Makom. Eretz Yisrael is always the Makom. Even if we are no longer in Eretz Yisrael and we are no longer benefiting from Nevuah and Nisim and all that Hashpa, that Shefa that flows from Eretz Yisrael, it doesn't matter. Eretz Yisrael retains that designation as the Makom. But what happens is it comes with us. All of that comes with us wherever we go. It, we take it with us. We never leave the Makom. We carry it with us wherever we go. The influence the, uh, uh, and the impact it made on our minds and how we think comes with us everywhere. And therefore, even in a state of Gullus, even after the Chorban, we're always in that same Makom that we started out in. It's like a turtle that carries its shell around, of course, the fetus in the womb that you're always in the Makom. So uh, he introduces this idea of Makom and Vayolin Sham. We can't go into every single word here, even though it would be a good exercise, a good, very worthwhile to go into every word. But Kiba Hashemesh, the sun is setting. We'll get back to that at the end. He takes from all the rocks, he puts them around his head, and he sleeps in that place and he sees the ladder. So let's just focus on a couple of elements in the ladder, in this nevuah of the ladder. Number one, Vayachalom, it's a dream. And behold, there's an, a ladder, Mutzav Artsa, it is rooted towards the ground. Artsa means El Haaretz. It's, it's rooted towards the ground, standing towards the ground. And its head, Rosh, is Magia HaShamayim, is arriving, coming to the Shamayim. And Malachi Elokim, and we know Malachim are forces of Elokim, which is always associated with the physical world, are going up and coming down the ladder. Okay. And above it, Hashem Nitzavalav. Hashem is standing above it, above this whole thing, above the ladder. That's in the Shamayim. Above that is Hashem. And he introduces himself, interestingly, as Elokei Avram, Avicha, the God of Avram, your father. Elokei Yitzchak, he doesn't say Avicha, Yitzchak, your father. And he says, this land, it will be yours. And right here, we're going to start, we're going to start dissecting pieces of it. Before we go into Micha 720, just turn to the God to the perplexed. Okay, one. Section one, studying each part of the mushal and its interpretation. Rambam it gives different examples of different types of nevuas. Some, he says, are of the type of nevuah that the details don't matter so much. It's just because remember, remember when a Navi in a dream gets an idea, that idea is not grasped by the seichel of the Navi. It's too abstract. It's too remote. The idea enters the seichel of the Navi, but then it is transferred into the imagination to where it takes on some sort of veneer of familiar form, some sort of mushal. Imagination uses familiar forms from things that we're familiar with in the physical world to create a mushal. And then by virtue of the muscle, the idea becomes clear and the Navi deeply understands the idea. So Ramam says, in some of these cases, the details of the muscle don't matter so much, but in some of these cases, every single detail of the muscle does matter and it does mean something. So here he says, as an example of the first class of prophetic figures is to be found in Mauritius and he brings this pasuk. And he says, the word ladder refers to one idea, set upon the earth or towards the earth really is another idea. Uh, the top reaching heaven is a third idea. Now there's every single piece of this is a muscle for something. All right, that's number one. 
If you look in Rambam's Mishnah Torah, Rambam also wrote it, he says, the matters concerning which a, a prophet is informed by vision of prophecy are imparted to him allegorically. Remember, he gets a mashal, but the interpretation thereof is engraved upon his heart. Heart hearing means mind, okay? He engraved upon his mind simultaneously. And the vision, uh, with the, simultaneously with the vision, and he knows what it means as in the vision of Jacob. So he's saying that he gets the mashal and its interpretation. Ramam is making it clear that in this case, Yaakov is not only seeing the mashal, he's seeing the interpretation super clearly. He knows exactly what this means. And therefore his response has to be understood as in response to knowing exactly what he's seeing. And therefore his response is precisely uh, derived from the message. He, that means we have to see what his response is answering the message. So what he sees is a ladder rooted towards the ground with its heads in the sky. And then Hashem introduces himself to Elkei Avraham Avicha, Elkei Yitzchak. Now this is meaning that there's something about this particular nevuah that is directly linked to Avram, as we just showed. Avram leaves Chavar and comes to Beersheba. Yaakov leaves Beersheba and goes to Chavar. And there's a link to Avram here. Yitzchak's not in the picture right now, not, not in the same way. And you look, look at Micha 720. The last Pasuk in the last chapter of Micha, Titain Emes Liakov. Chesed Lavraham. What's happening is the Emes of Yaakov is fulfilling the Chesed of Avram. Asher Nishbati Lavoseinu Mimei So he says, this is what I promised from the very beginning. What's happening here, this full circle, the Chesed of Avram is being completed by the Emes of Yaakov. We are going to understand those terms. You know, what we're really doing in all of these classes is we, we're just building a Torah language. All the words we use here that we have explained and defined, it's really a new language. It's a whole other language. It's a language of Ruchnius. It's a Torah language. And we have to know what the words mean because when we know what words mean, then we understand the building blocks of Judaism. And then we understand a lot of other stuff. So the Chesed of Avram, we already know, the all-inclusive, ever-expanding, Self-expression, overflow of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is what Avraham brought to the world. That that's what everything is part of the good and the bad. Yaakov's journey, Yaakov's Mida, which is referred to as Rachamim and eventually leads to Emes, right? Yaakov is the Emes. In the end, everything Avraham taught the world will be revealed to be the only truth. But it's going to be revealed through the day-to-day -day life of the Jewish people, through the journey, through the exile. And in the end, when that long journey is over, then we actually get back to Yitzchak. It's very important to understand that although the Avas go Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, it goes, Avram brings the ideas, Yitzchak, Yaakov fulfills them in real life through the exile, and the final culmination is called Yitzchak. How are you going to remember that? It's, it's through the understanding of the tefillahs. This is not in the notes. Avram institutes Shachras. That's the beginning, the day, the unfolding. Okay, the big ideas from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the daytime, all right? Yitzchak, even though he comes after Yaakov, he represents Yitzchak, Ketzchai, the end of it all, when it's all, when it's all over, when it's all over, when this whole journey is done, when it's Erev, so to speak, when the sun is setting, and this whole, just like we say, um, why is that doing that? Just like we say, just like we say, um, what do you call it? Just like when the sun is setting, when this, just like we say in Adon Olam, Adon Olam Asher Malach, but Terem Kol Yitzir before it was all, right, before it all happened, then we're created. We're created. And when it's all over, that's Yitzchak. When it's all done, when we give everything back to HaKadosh Baruch that's really Yitzchak. That's why the Geul is associated with Yitzchak, Yitzchok Pinu, and all of that. So really go, and then Yaakov, the night, is really the journey. So this is how you have to remember. Avram is the beginning, the overflow of great ideas, the inspiration. He's the greatest social influencer in the history of the world, okay? Yaakov walks the walk and talks the talks and puts ideas into action. And Yitzchak represents the time when it's all over and the whole experiment, the whole process is done. And we go back to who, who you know, the, those great ideas of Avram but we are now living them in a, in, a, in a much higher dimension. We're back in Eretz Yisrael, we're back with Nisim and Nevoa, we're back when everything has become enlarged and we see the big picture, that's Yitzchak, 
Okay, so I know that you have to, we have to learn that because otherwise you think it goes Avram, yes, like Yaakov, but it doesn't really go like that. So as you see here, it's Avraham to Yaakov or Titan MS or Yaakov Chesed Avraham. Okay, does this make sense? Yes, quickly, yes. I know, but Yitzchak, yes, yeah, all that when we're, we're not, we don't have to talk about it now, but. Yitzchak represents the end of it all. When it's, the sun is setting, when we're giving the day back, the day is over. When the whole entire experience called Olam Hazer, the physical expression, it's all over. That's Yitzchak. When we go back into a higher place. Okay. And that is, you, Rivka, you, um, we go back to Avraham's place, right? Remember the, the wells refer to the different Bate Mikdash, the third one, when it's all enlarged and increased. Okay. So now, so now we are um, going back to the Nebuah, all right? We're understanding why, what Yaakov is going to understand here is that he's fulfilling the original journey, the purpose of, ya of, of Avram's journey, okay? His journey into Gullus is fulfilling Avraham's journey into Eretz Yisrael. He's back into the Gullus, back to take the show on the road, back into the field, so to speak, is fulfilling the journey that Avram started by bringing these ideas into the world. All right. Now he says to him, he says, where are we on page now? Page, beginning of page three. Okay. So what does, um, so what does Hashem say to him? He says, what you just saw means, all right, that, um, what you just saw means that this land, you will eventually inherit this land, all right, top of page two, and your children will spread out through the four corners of the world, Paratsta, Yama, Vakad, Matsvona, Venegra, you can go in all directions, and everybody, all the families of the earth will be blessed through your seed. Who did Hashem say that to? Avram. Hashem said that to Avram. He's saying it to Yaakov again. But it's, what has changed is style, not substance. How these ideas are going to be learned. How the rest of the world will be expanded. Bracha is always associated with Avraham. Bracha, expansive, overflow, largeness. Okay? This is all going to happen through Yaakov's journey. Right? It's a very different sort of journey. Okay? And Hashem says, anochi I'm with you. And I'm going to watch over you everywhere you go. So I'm going to bring you back to this land. I will not abandon you until I do what I promised. So now, yeah, okay, so now we have to go into this message, which Yaakov understood from the muscle that this was the message. Okay. This is the message that Hashem was giving him through the muscle. So now let's go into the muscle and then we're going to go into Yaakov's reaction to it. Okay. So look here in Ramban 4. So the, one of the most famous ideas, there's so much here, but one of the most famous ideas is Yaakov is seeing the basically the exile. The ladder represents the exile. That's on one level represents many things and Yaakov understands all of them. It represents the exile. You could read this yourself, the top of three, and you understand there's four exiles. There's Bavel, and there's Parasamadai, and there's Yavan, Greece, and there's Rome. And Yaakov sees them all going up, ascending in power, and then falling down, which means they lose their power. Yaakov is seeing how on this earth, down here, different ideologies, different forces, different drives, take precedent and they seem to be um, taking control, but then they're all back. They all are reduced to failure essentially until the next one tries its hand at taking control and establishing some sort of authority on the earth until it falls down. So Yaakov sees this cycle, this pattern, okay? But he also sees that above it all, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is above it all. Like Hashem, and he knows this means I'm with you. I'm watching you through this journey. I'm not abandoning you in this journey. I'm watching this whole thing. Okay, I'm here. You're steadfast, you know, with you as you go through this. Now, remember that Yaakov already understood makom. And he's going to use the word again when he wakes up. Since they right, that's the concept of makom. That no matter where we go in life, no matter where our journey takes us nationally and personally, we're never anywhere but in the makom anyway. 
we're just going through a whole process where these truths of Avraham are being demonstrated through history. Okay. Now, um, the Ramban, the, the Drusha Saran explains that, um, that, um, oh, I don't know why, sorry. This, he brings down the idea of the Rambam, right? I thought it was Rambam, but it's his, the Russian. He says, the purpose of this parable was to show him the superiority of the land of Israel to other lands, it being the latter upon which the righteous were referred to as the angels of God ascend to heaven. So he says that why is he's getting this? Now, remember this. We remember that the whole idea, which I didn't bring in the notes, that he was going to Haran, to Chutzlaretz, back where Avram started, back to the the rest of the world, okay? And then he realized, oh, I must have passed this place where my ancestors have and then he went, and then Hashem brought the land there. So there's so much conversation about it. But the idea is that before he left into Chutzlaretz, he got a vision that, sh- that was clearly rooted in Eretz Yisrael, whether it means that he had Kvitas Adera Hashem moved the place or the ladder was from Beersheba to Haran and it was right over Yerushalayim or a million different approaches to this. But the idea that he we're being taught is that before he leaves Eretz Yisrael, he gets the vision that this ladder and this whole dynamic is, is connected to Eretz Yisrael, is rooted in Eretz Yisrael, meaning that it is the force of Eretz Yisrael, which is superior. The force of Eretz Yisrael, which is going to allow the righteous to ascend Within this, this a mushal, there's many mushal, many layers here within the Galios, within the exiles that are ascending, within the ascent of all the various ideologies and forces and empires, it is the force of Eretz Yisrael that we carry with us into Golos that allows the righteous through this journey in those exiles to also ascend. In other words, what's happening is that through the exiles, it is bringing, it is facilitating enabling aspects of our attachment to to also ascend. And it's the Koch of Eretz the Nevu and the Nisan that we'll talk about that were originally bestowed upon us that we take with us wherever we go that allows us to ascend also up to a higher attachment to within the ascension of these other nations. Each one brings out a certain power, like we'll talk hopefully soon today about today's culture and what that brings out in us and helps us ascend within it, okay? So the purpose of this parable is to show him the superiority of the land of Israel to other lands, it being the ladder upon which the righteous were referred to as angels of God ascend to heaven. And he talks about the going up and going down. And that means that, there are two orientations, all right? There is the, there is the, um, the, the drive to attach to Kodesh Baruch Hu and then to apply it back down here on earth. So as we're going through the exiles, it is bringing out a Israel type of power to ascend higher and apply it more in our life. We gain a new idea, bring it back down into application, okay? Safarnu says, it is a fact that the characteristics of a person undergo changes in the land of Israel. The land of Israel makes you smarter. Just as the climate and air in this country are different, contributing to one's mental and spiritual progress. The very land of Israel, meaning that the time that Am Yisrael spent in Eretz Yisrael has a special power that never leaves us. The time we spent in the land of Israel, the time we spent like in learning those ideas, the time we spent when we had Navua and Nisa, when it was all coming down to us before Yaakov is seen going up. This is already after we've been in, a, this is already after, Yaakov represents the Golas. This is already after all the Shefa has flown down to us. It's after Avram, it's after the concept of the, the, the childhood or the first a thousand years of, era, of the Jewish people where all of this was bestowed upon us. Now Yaakov is seeing, that that influence of Eretz Yisrael, that that in that influence that could really only be as strong as it is in Eretz Yisrael, is what we take with us. It's what it's going to give us the ability to ascend and to then come back down and apply everything. So we're taking Eretz Yisrael with us wherever we go. That's the concept of Makom. And he gets this vision before he leaves the Chutzlaretz. Now, he wakes up. And this is the big epiphany. This is where he says, Lo yadate, I didn't know. What happens here? But Yikatz Yaakov, 
Yaakov like awakes from this dream, Mishnah so from his dreaming. Oh, there is Hashem in this makom. And I didn't have das. The shalav is more of a makubal, says. Yaakov is referring to a period in history called lo yadati. Yaakov is saying, now I understand history. Now I understand this exile. You know what I understand about this long exile? Yesh, he, what he understands is yesh Hashem b'makom hazeh. That Hashem is absolutely embedded in this place that we carry with us wherever we are. We're always in the place. Hashem is always with us. That's what he understood. Vanochi lo yidati is referring to the period of history where we don't have nisim nevur. We don't have that sort of das. The period called lo yadati, the period called, I don't have nevu anymore. I don't have das from Hashem overflowing and illuminating my life. It's a period in history, Yaakov's period, the period of Gullus, where that's not, where we do not have, we're not in Eretz Yisrael, which also means we don't have this shefa, this hashpa from above illuminating like the time of the Nevi'im. It's a period called lo yadati, okay? What did, by the way, does this trigger a memory about Purim? Adeloya, that's also the beginning of Hester Panim. It's the beginning of when childhood merges into maturing, emerging adulthood, where Hashem Baruch Hu takes back Nisim, takes back Nevoah, takes back that sort of Das that comes from above to below, and says, now you have a thousand years of these, this Chinuch. It's time, Yaakov's phase is starting. It's time to go into Gullah, take these ideas with you. They are your makom. I'm with you as I always was, but you're in a new type of existence called lo yadati. You don't have the das. So where is the tashrant Hashem going to come from? If the flow is not coming from down, from above to down, where is the flow going to come from? What are the malachim doing in this ladder? Our chachma our working with their minds on those ideas that originally were infused into us, our 21st our minds start working with those ideas, grappling with those ideas. We bring Chedushim, we reach up. We start the process of connection to Kodesh Baruch Hu by taking our efforts and reaching up back to those great ideas. But the understanding of those ideas, the application of those ideas, the insights into the truth of those ideas start with us grappling with them, with under, exp, understanding them in light of the stories, our historical situation. Okay, it's, it's a, yes, that's the film. Now, think about this. How many Sifri Tanakh are there? That the period of Hashem from the top down, 24. How many Svarim are there in Torah Shabal Peh? Since, since the Gullah started, since Torah Shabal Peh, exploded. How many Sfarim have been written? Endless. Endless. And what are they filled with? Whose Chachma? Our Chachma. Human Chedushim. Human humanity's insights. Every person who studies Torah. Now, what we have to understand, this is going to be very important for the Hanukkah story. Our Chachma that originates down here with us is within the context of how our minds have already been influenced and, and, and formed by the Nevoah, by Hashem's, that first Kufa, by all the truths that have been infused and taught us, that has already formed their mind, that's already influenced their thinking. Now that we know the framework, Reish's Chachma, Yeras Hashem, now that we already know the context that we're working in, the Makom that we're in, now we can make sense of everything going on in the world, right? Within the context, or we can we can really, I would say not make sense of it, but know how to approach it, know how to handle it, know how to respond to it, know how to grow from it, come up with all sorts of chedushim because of it, because we're always in the makom. So Yaakov says, oh, there's Yud Kevav Hashem is fully in the makom that we take with us. And it's the period called Lo Yadati. Uh, Yaakov is the period of Lo Yadati. When I don't have that sort of 
of um, in, inspiration, so to speak, or influence from HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly. So look at the Shalah. This is the period which Yaakov refers to after his dream as I do not know, both referring to the period of exile due to the destruction of the temple. While the temple was standing, however, there was Das. It was the period of prophets which who abounded with divine insights. It makes sense? Okay. The Chasim. What? Without the temple, without us actually being in the land, we can't have real power. So there's a difference between, yes, without us being in the land, without the base of Migdash, without Nevoah, we don't have the same Das. Now, here's this what Yaakov's learning. Yaakov's learning is it's just what has shifted is the orientation, where the das begins and where it reaches. Originally, in the first 1,000 years, the Avraham phase, it started by Hashem and it flowed down to us. Now, without the base of Migdash and without Nevoah, which Hashem took away purposefully, it's built into the system that that period has to end. We don't want our kids being children forever. Now the das is generated from us. We started with Chachma. We work with all these great ideas. We get tremendous insights into life. We see incredible layers and, and we get epiphanies because we see things that Torah predicted playing out in many levels. And we see the unfolding of all these great ideas. And then that Chachma originates in us and it goes right back up and then we eventually achieve that Das. But it's originating from us. So it's called Isarusa de la Ela where the historis, the enlightenment, the awakening originates above versus the enlightenment, the awakening begins with us. Look at the Chassam Sofer, okay? He says, he brings the Rambam, he says like this, Kishara'a v'hisig. This is what Yaakov saw in the mushal and understood in his mind. He understood the concept. And what did he understand? Shagam be'es ha'chorban, Yesh sham hashras hashchina af algav shenikra be'esa chorban rak makom. That's the whole story. He saw that even in the chorban, even in Gullus, there's hashras hashchina that flow, that shefa. All right. Even though now what used to be the base hamikdash and Eretz Yisrael and all of that is just called hamakom, meaning the place that we travel in, no matter where we are, we take it with us. He saw that nothing's changed. Like we wrote above. And that's what he said. Hashem is absolutely still here with me in my makom. In the time of the destruction of the so-called makom. You would think, oh, Hashem destroyed the place. We take that makom right with us. This is something which was an epiphany for Yaakov. He had to be taught at the moment of his beginning of his journey back into the field. And I don't mean the field like by Yitzchak's field. I mean, back into the real, into the that outer, you know, be, going back to where Avram started, back into the world that knew nothing yet of these great ideas. What he had to take with him is he never leaves his makom. Kodesh Baruch Hu is fully there, but the way we're going to access those great ideas is starting from the bottom. We are going to bring those ideas to all the cultures we live amongst, all the nations we live amongst, by our lifestyle, by our value system, by how we think, by what we're ready, willing to sacrifice for. We are going to bring these ideas out into the world. And Ramam says the only reason Islam and Christianity ever evolved is only to bring Jewish ideas to the masses, the monotheistic ideas, to the rest of the world and bring these Abrahamic ideas into the world. Okay. Now, now we go a little bit deeper to develop this even deeper layers. Okay, the Kliyakar. How does it happen? How does it happen that we bring these ideas into the world? How does it happen on a personal level? How, let's look into the muscle a little bit deeper. Okay. So, Vayachalom, he dreams. So, we have a bunch of pieces to the mushroom. Remember, Raman says every piece means something? It's rooted in it towards the earth. Its head is towards the heavens. There are malachim coming and going, and Hashem is above it all. Hello. Think of our mushroom. Okay. We have the earth, the physicality, the baby. We have the placenta, the reservoir, the source, the shamayim. Remember, it's all part of this world, Elohim. Okay, it's all part of this world. 
the source of all the reservoir, which has names. It is officially referred to in many different names, Chaya, or Knesset Yisrael. It has names. And from there, the Malachim, down and up, or up and down, from there is the flow. And above it all is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the mind, the mother, the mind of the mother. Okay, so Kaddish Baruch Hu created a system here in this world where he created, so to speak, an accessible reservoir of all great truths, the reservoir from which all hashpa'ah flows to everybody, depending on how much you open yourself to it. And above it all is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So look at what Kliyakar says. Kasav HaRav HaMore. Okay, Rav HaMore is obviously the Rambam in the Mora. Okay. Shabir HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yaakov. Yaakov Hashem was um, explaining, elucidating Yaakov. Seder Hishtalshlus HaMadregos Shel Gimel Olamas. The order of the emanations of the levels of the three worlds. Now, this is a Kabbalistic idea that there are different worlds, Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, we're not going to talk in that language, but just think about our mashal. Ki ba'amro mutzav arta zehu olam The lower world, the physical world, is it's rooted towards the ground. Okay, this ladder. V'rosho magia shemayim, the head is in the sky, ze olam ha'emtsai, that's the middle world. The middle world, the shemayim is the middle world. And the malachim going up and down, that's the world of the forces between the middle world and the lower world is a world of forces coming and going. Ideas, um, you know, even drives, even like cultural, deter, you know, ideologies of the time that come and go and our, and our kochos that come and go, okay, depending on the needs. Hashem of Allah. And Hashem is above all that. Laharos ki Hashem Yisbrach Gavoa, he's higher. Mi'alkol Gavoa, Moshal Kulam, above all of it, a ruling above it. Does this make sense? This is making sense that there's a middle world. The Shamayim that the ladder is reaching towards is the middle world. It's the part of the created world that a Kaddish Baruch Hu put into play where there's a middle, there's a Kaddish Baruch Hu above it all, there's the lower world, and then there's a middle world called the Shamayim where we can access everything. And that's where the Malachim are coming and going from. Okay, and above it all is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Meaning, if you really think about it, what it means is part of our journey through Gullus is that we have, we're always taking our makom with us, the source of our ideas, of our inspiration, of hashgacha, the malachim. We're always taking it with us because it's part of our world. We're never leaving it. Okay, we're taking all of that with us. What, what we, what, what the base hamigdash was a physical representation of. Okay. And that it was a place of the source of the flow to this world, we take that with us. Okay, we're always taking, so to speak, we're always taking the muscle, the placenta with us. We're always in that womb. I got broke was above it. All right, now. The Torah is coming from that. The Torah starts way above it in the mind of God, way above. But then a Baruch makes a Torah, our Torah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that would be also like the upper, the Shema, the, the, the source of all ideas. And then it flows and then we grasp it. But there's a higher Torah that's the source of um, the Torah that has in it practical mitzvahs for practical day-to-day -day life. Okay. Davar Acher. Okay. Lekach Heralo HaKadosh Baruch Therefore Hashem showed him the structure of all the worlds, Tavnis Kol HaOlama. So according to this, Yaakov saw, like he got a glimpse into like the whole structure of the universe. All right. And Laharos Shemekora Mimakom Zeshenikra Evan Shasia. Now we have a name. Remember that place? Mm -hmm. The source of all of the world is called the Evan Ashasia. Ki Misham Hushtate HaOlam. So you want to think perhaps in our muscle, just, just so you have a muscle. Okay, not that it's a perfect muscle. That Hashem created something called the Evan Hashasiyah. 
this foundation stone that everything draws from, you want to think about that is the placenta, so to speak, something HaKadosh Baruch created, that is the source that everything is drawn from. Okay? Now, um, Yaakov is seeing. What does this mean to Yaakov? It means he's saying that he's never separated from that place. No matter where he goes, no matter where he is, he's always in that place. He's always in the Makom. That's the main idea here in the Mushal. Okay, that he's always taking, he's always carrying with him the Makom that he was, what we, in this world, in our history, was, Eretz Yishol was the place. But when we went into the Chorban, we just took the whole, the whole arrangement with us, just not in physical form. We took the Evan Ashasiyah with us. We took the source of all Ashba with us. We took the Malachim up and down with us. We took the whole thing with us. Okay. So um, now look at the Nefesh Achayim. Now we're getting even deeper. And this is also the matter of our father Yaakov, vision of the ladder. And he says, refer to the Raya Mehemna. That is a Kabbalistic source. Okay. It says, Vayipach ba'apo nishmas chayim. And it says he dreamed and there was a ladder. The ladder is definitely the neshama. Remember we said that there's the lower world, there's the upper world, the Evan or the Shemayim or whatever you want to call it. And then the malachim are going up and down. That's the umbilical cord, right? That's the neshama. That's the flow, the inhale and the exhale. It says that's definitely our neshama. That's what's bringing Shefa down to us originally when we were in Eretz Shol was one way. But when we leave, when we go to Gullus, it's just... As we said, it's just a reverse. We, our neshama, our, we seek, we strive, we use our chachma. We go back and try to draw down those ideas. And then they come down. But the initiation starts with us. That's why they're going up and going down. When we go into Gullus, we <coughs> use our chachma. We delve into it. We seek to understand. We analyze. We work very hard to access those great ideas. And then those great, great ideas flow down to us. That's called Torah Shabbat. That we try, we even daven for, this, to, for success in this endeavor to open that flow and bring those ideas. But the initiative of who opens the flow is us. Whereas originally in the childhood phase, in the first phase of Nisan Bua, the Kaddish Baruch opens the flow unilaterally, pretty much, and sends it down. Okay, Nevi'im had to be on a madriga to receive it. But this was the essential way that a Kodesh Baruch Hu taught ideas to the world. Today, the essential way is that we work hard to draw these ideas down. Okay? So Nefesh Chaim says, as we will explain, the angels of Hashem ascended and descended as if to say via the living neshama that is positioned on earth, its lowest edge clothing itself in man's body. What he's talking about here is that these great ideas actually get internalized and are clothed in the physical, in our body, meaning not just how we think, not just the sewer of our mind, but then of course our choices and our lifestyle and our behavior. <coughs> they're they're attached to the earth. They're heading earthward. All right, then he also says here, so this is the whole concept of the ladder that is directed, um, that is directed towards the earth. It doesn't say it's, a, it's standing in the earth, but earth words, okay? To the earth, towards the earth. The essential root of it is in above, okay? From there, it emanates to until it gets down to here. All right, these great ideas of a Kodesh Baruch Hu are rooted high above, so to speak, not literally physically high, but in a much more elevated dimension. And they're meant to reach us down here. And Yaakov is seeing that through the Gullahs, we go up to get them. We go up to try to access these great ideas. Originally, they were bestowed upon us. But during life, we go back and try to retrieve them. What is this sounding like, a very famous medrash? about how something is first bestowed and then we go back to retrieve it our whole life. The malach that's learning with the baby in the womb and then everything's forgotten and then our whole life, we are trying to redraw those ideas back into us. But the difference is 
they're familiar. Those are your aha moments. Oh, it's something just like, you're not learning something new. You're learning something you already know, but it's deep in the recesses of your mind. And then you work hard to understand it. And then when you get that understanding, it's like, oh, I knew that. That's what we're talking about. Revealing, very nice. So he says it's rooted in the heaven, but it emanates all the way down here. This is the neshama of a person. That it really begins with Hashem's exhale, which is another way of saying divine thought that is emanating towards us, that we are able to actually absorb and internalize. And the difference is that Yaakov is understanding in Golis that, that that's just the, the way that we're going to get these ideas. We're going to work for them, okay? Um, there's a piece here from Rav Johnny. You could read it. Satanya always posts his dafiomi. It's very nice. You could read it yourself about how this applies to tefillah, all right? But um, I just want to end with something that's really a lead into Hanukkah. Yes, Esther? It seems like we're going back to of course. Yes, of course. Of course, of course, of course. The Kosnos are, of course. We did it this week on Zoom. Go listen to this week's You Take Two. We literally talked about this idea. Let me bring you back to, for a second, guys, I want you to focus on this Gemara, which we was going to lead us into Hanukkah. It's a Gemara we've quoted many times, but what we did today is we showed the source of these ideas. We always did Leia and Rachel and this and that, but this is where it all is revealed to Yaakov. And of course, he's going to marry Rachel and Leia and the whole thing's going to unfold because Hashem just revealed to him the whole, what, the, what this is all about. So, you know, again, well, the reason we're focusing on Nebuahs this year, just to write, is because so many ideas that formed the essence of our Jewish ideology, they were literally revealed sequentially, step-by-step step to the Avos in order to explain to them how things are going to unfold throughout the rest of history. What's the beginning? What's the end? What's the middle? What it's going to look like? What we take for granted, the stuff we know, like, of course, the Torah Shabbat Peh, Yumin Chachma has superseded Nevuah. And of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has sent us into Gala so that we can own all these great ideas and they can become ours. And of course, therefore, the so-called darkness of the Gullahs is really enlightenment because we are becoming more enlightened from within ourselves. Of we, the things that we understand like that, this is where they were first revealed in the world. How do we understand Gullahs? Why the Jewish people have to go to Gullahs? Where are, how Hashem is with us in Golas, how Chachma will replace Nevuah, and how that is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. Yeah, until it, that really goes back to Yitzchak, where Yitzchak is, is represents all of that. But um, yeah, the how it, the whole journey ends, correct. How it finally, finally transitions, he didn't see that. But all the things that we think are, oh yeah, where do they start? Where are they rooted? Where's the source of them? These are the sources of them. And the Avos took these ideas and they became part of the basic Jewish framework of thinking. So that to us, it's normal, right? So here's the Gemara that really, you know, we've done this Gemara many times, but now hopefully it has even more meaning. Amravasi, okay? Lama Nimshala Esther Lashachar, why is Purim, Hester Panim, when, I, when we leave Eretz Yisrael? Because even though we come back for the second base of Megdash, it's not really returning at all to Eretz Yisrael. There's no Nisim, there's no Nevuah, the base of Megdash doesn't have the Aron in it, there's no Urm Vatumim. It's the beginning of Gauls. It's just a transitional phase into Gauls. It's Yaakov, okay, stopping here, getting this vision, and then moving on. The second base of Megdash is just to like set us up for the long Gauls. So that whole thing begins when we find, when there's really the Horban of Eretz, the first Horban. And then we go into the Purim story and, and that's called Hester Panim. So why is Esther, Hester Panim, referred to as Shachar, Shachris? Why is Esther, Hester Panim, called the Dawn? Where is Esther referred to as the Dawn, guys? Tehillim Chafbez, Lamanatech Alayelet HaShachar, the Dawn is Esther. Why is what we call the setting of the sun, remember what it said about Yaakov? He laid down because Ba Hashemesh, the sun was setting. How come we call the setting of the sun, the beginning of night, where Yaakov has this vision about the long journey through Gullus, which we always refer to as nighttime. Why is the beginning of that journey, Purim, called the dawn? What is going on? We have to reverse our whole thinking. So it says, Lomalach, the teacher. Mashachar Sof 
Akol Halila, just like dawn is the end of the whole night. Finally, it's dawn. The long dark night is over. Now watch this. this is not what you expect to hear. Af Esther, so Purim, Hester Panim, going into Golos, losing Nisim and Avua. So call Hanisim is finally the end of all the Nisim. Again, just like dawn is the end of the long dark night, Hester Panim finally is the end of the long dark period of Nisim. That's what the Gemara is saying, literally. And we've learned this many times. This is a paradigm shift. The period of Eretz Yisrael, Beis HaMikdash, Nisim, Nevuah, Hashras Hashchina, from top to bottom, from Hashem bestowing upon us the 24th of Tanakh, full of Nevuah. Okay? That is called the nighttime. It's the nighttime. Do you know how? Just like the Chinuch period of your children is the nighttime for them. They haven't woken up yet. They haven't woken up into their own identity, their own internalization of these ideas and their own actualization of these ideas. They're just hearing it coming at them, but inside their own minds and hearts, it's still nighttime. Because for the children, it the sun hasn't begun to rise. The sun we're looking for is the internalization of the ideas. Now, yes, when Hashem is bestowing all that, it's daytime, so to speak, from Hashem's perspective. Hashem is shining upon us. But from our perspective in here, it's still dark. It hasn't yet fully illuminated our thinking. Why? Because the way we're physical, we live in a real world. The way it's going to illuminate our thinking is when we live it. And if we realize it's true. And we use our chachma. And we go back to Torah and we say, how do we make sense of this? And then we start understanding what Hashem was really telling us. Say, oh, that's what's happening. That's what it means. And then the sun starts rising in us. And that's only when the Nisim and the Nevoah come to an end. And we go into Gullus. Yaakov, the journey of Yaakov back to the dark Charon is really the journey of the rising of the sun from down here up. Okay. And eventually from living this life and going on this journey and taking our makom with us and taking our hashpa, the shefa with us and remembering that those great ideas are traveling with us, but we're climbing the ladder to bring them back down because we're realizing that's the idea. Oh, that's the idea that explains what's going on. Let me go get that idea. That explains what's going on. I'll give you a muscle. Not a muscle. We'll talk about society today, okay? There is an insane emphasis today in the world on respecting each person's self-expression. Okay, my son-in-law is in Colombia. They have to take quizzes all the time about if they're sensitive enough to someone else's self-expression. Okay. Questions like, do you think you have ever made someone else uncomfortable by your um questioning so to speak or or protesting their sort of self-expression so let's say somebody who wants to express themselves has no idea what they are so they tattoo themselves from head to toe in different ways and they decide they're a dog and they jump around barking and then you say why are you doing that you're not a dog you are literally in danger of being fired do you know that yesterday it came out i'm that's an exaggeration but it came out that if you misgender a person, if you do not respect their form of self-expression and you purposefully misgender, which means you say, I'm, you know, I'm referring to you as he, even though you called yourself a they, you get fired from Columbia like that. It just came out yesterday, it was in the news. Now, what that means is that there's a tremendous force in the world of sensitivity to each person's self-expression. Now let's go. What do we do with that? Well, guess what? We learn this all the time here. Perak Aleph in Bereshis. HaKadosh Baruch says, Nasa Adam B'Tzalmenu. Let us make man in Hashem's in my image. The Nefesh HaChaim says, what is Hashem? What is mostly Hashem? Well, this is all Hashem's creation. So you know what another word for creation is? I created all this. You know what it is? It's my self-expression. The most fundamental force in a human being is the desire to express themselves. And if we suppress it, it's the greatest crime 
No, really, when suppressing another human being's selenolokim, that they have value, that there's something they have to add, is the greatest insult and wound you can inflict of another person. If you say to another person, I don't care, you have to say nothing you say is, is relevant. You mean nothing, your ideas mean nothing. Nobody cares, you're invisible. It's the greatest wound you can inflict upon a person. Now, as we come full circle, okay, back to, as the emes of Yaakov, which is revealed in the world, comes back to the chesed of Avram, comes back to the great ideas that Avram reveals, we come full circle. The Mikubalim teaches that a Kaddish Baruch Hu releases forces into the world to bring people back to who they really are. And it is clear that today, one of the great forces that has been unleashed in the world is the force of a human being knowing intuitively that they have a tselem elokim, they don't understand it that way, but that I should express myself. It's so powerful in the world. But if you don't know what to do with that force, you have no context for what a tselem elokim, what sort of self-expression is is valuable, what sort of self-expression are you here for? You don't know what to do. You just know you're being drawn along this tremendous current of a desire to, to express yourself. And you're looking for all sorts of ways to do that that's unique from the next guy over there. You don't wanna be just like him. You have to be unique. So you have to find a new way to express yourself. There's no, Judaism says, we understand what to do with this force of self-expression. We have a Torah, we go back now, we say, okay, let's go back and revisit that idea. What does one do when the driving force in this culture, in this part of Golis is self-expression? We say, okay, we understand it. A human being is meant to express themselves, but if they are in a makom, if they know they're part of something greater, then instead of just casting around for some sort of self-expression in a vacuum, they say, I will use my individual kohos, my personal style, my personal strength to channel Hashem self-expression. So my self-expression and Hashem self-expression are melded and Hashem self-expression is coming through my particular style. That's what you're supposed to do with your self-expression. That's what you're supposed to do. That's where there's a proliferation of chedushim and all sorts of organizations and ideas of how people bring great true Torah values into the world. It's proliferating as it's supposed to do. So we go back and say, oh, let's go back to an idea that was revealed to us. But you know what? I don't know if there was ever a culture that keyed in so much to this particular type of idea of self-expression to the way it's happening in the culture now. So we take our ideas with us and then we go back and access those original concepts and then we apply them to what's happening today. And we look at all these people and what we say is, the fact that you want to express yourself, that is your godliest part of you, but you have no idea. You don't even know what it is. You don't even know what's driving you. You have no idea. And you might not even want to know. And you're misusing it and misunderstanding it and misinterpreting it. And you're walking around thinking that you're identifying as, you know, half a, a seven and a half foot high Swede and half of, and then you think you're also from Africa. I mean, you could identify whatever you want. You could make, you could be a blend. You could be whatever you want. Okay. So um, you don't know what to do with it. Amisol comes to know what to do with these ideas and to feel rooted and secure because we always took everything with us. And then every moment in history opened up for us a different opportunity to draw down a different idea that became relevant at that time in that culture. All right, this is what Yaakov understands. That of course we're always with him. That we're it's that we're, we're we are taking our, our place with us. Where our neshamas, our ability to draw down that hashba, is alive and well. And um, depending on where we are, different we go up and retrieve different ideas. But that we're never alone, and that we're eventually this journey is going to give way. Is going to transition into come full circle back to so the world will be a place where everybody will see. The big ideas that were original, the basis of Judaism, and then how through the journey of Amishol, literally all of those ideas were displayed and proven to be true. And that will be the lasting impression, the union of both the uppers and the lower domains. And, um, and Yaakov, really, we're seeing Yaakov is getting this whole vision. And this is the vision we need to take with us also in every single moment of our journey. Yeah. Yes. 
is connected to Hashem. Yes. It's going to be the self and, and our expression of self. Yeah. When we uh, disattach, unattach ourselves from that. Yes. Who are we? Selfish. Yeah. Self-centered. Yes. Self-entitled. Yes. And that's what's happening. Well, when you dis the disconnect happens not between the shamayim and the neshama. That never gets disconnected. Oh. That's why we say It's always we just disconnect it from ourselves. Raman doesn't say disconnect. He says you can open the flow or you can you can break it so that it's so that you so that it, it like it it slows down to nothing. So that's where the disconnect comes into. Yeah, that's why we're always taking our shamayim with us. We're taking our neshama and its attachment to shamayim wherever we go. Thank you, Esther. Yes. It was Crystal Yes. I thought of your grandfather's that song. Yes. Who went to sleep in yes. every night. Yes. That should the Nazis come in, he would be his distinguished self. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay, everyone, I'm ending this. I'm going to look. Um, let me look at the chat for one second. Okay, you know what? I'm going to end the recording, but I'm not going to end the meeting. Okay, I'm going to try to do it right. Stop recording.